Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, David C., as always. Hey there, Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I'm your host, David C., as always. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, some free agents that are going to be out there in 2021 and some players the Mavericks could be looking at, as well as a list of players the Mavericks should probably steer away from. And then I'm going to tell you who I think the Mavericks should be looking at as the one player in free agency that can really help put them over the top to win a title. So right off, we want to go ahead and probably start with the players that we probably shouldn't really look at in free agency. Uh, it's not that they're not good players. Uh, some of them might just be out of our price range as far as our timeline and what we're trying to do with Luca and Porzingis and, and the future we're trying to move toward. We really don't want to sign too many older players to max type contracts or anywhere near that if we're trying to compete now and for the future. Now, obviously, we want to win a title now, and that's the goal, but you, you don't really want to go after you know someone's in their mid to late 30s, even if they are a really good player. Now, some of these players I'm going to list off right off the bat have player options, so let's just get them out the way. Chris Paul has a player option, so he could opt out and become a free agent. I don't see that happening uh, with the money he's getting paid, so uh, I think he's going to stay there in Phoenix. Kawhi Leonard has a player option, and he may exercise that, but even if he does... I think he's going to stay with the Clippers. I don't really see him leaving that town, especially even after Paul George just got that extension. I, I doubt that he's wanting to do that there if he didn't leave this, have something from Kawhi that told him, you know, he was going to resign there and be there long term. So I don't really see him leaving there. Uh, another player is Blake Griffin. Now him, he could become a free agent, um, but I think he's making some pretty decent money on his contract too. So I really don't see him opting out of that to get uh, a whole lot more anywhere else. He's just been too injury prone. You know, I, I liked him a couple of years ago for the Mavericks. I thought he probably would have been a really good fit for us as far as what he brought to the table. Uh, but at this point in his career, he's just had too many injuries and he's just so undependable. Um, if you could bank on him a bit more, then I think he still could be a nice fit. But I don't know about, once again, the timeline here in Dallas as far as trying to bring him in because if he did try to come here, he would be trying to look for one uh, one last heyday, one last good payday out of it, and I just don't see us doing that for him. Um, so after that, you got someone like Mike Conley, you know, a good guard. You know, we probably would have taken him a couple years ago, but not at this point. Uh, not for what he's probably going to be asking for, trying to get, you know, one more contract. Kyle Lowry, um, you know, he's really good and, and someone who I would have said initially, yeah, you know, let's let's kind of go after him and throw some money at him. But at this point, I'm hoping Richardson's probably going to be a better fit next to Luka than Lowry would be if we brought him in now, especially because he's probably going to demand a lot of money and he's well worth it. So I can still see him getting some big money in the open market. And I just don't see us really throwing that kind of money at that older player. Um, Andre Drummond. You know, he's just another guy. You just don't know what you're going to get from him night in and night out. Like, he's obviously going to average pretty much a double-double, but, you know, he just does some other strange things on the court as far as trying to make plays and stuff like that that kind of leave you scratching your head sometimes. So I really don't want to go after him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, is another one who 
I don't know how well he's because he just does not shoot the three. Uh, so in, in this flow offense and the way we like to create space, you know, you're going to have to take some threes at that position for us. So I don't see that happen. Uh, Victor Oladipo, you know, is another one that's kind of intriguing. He's someone that probably could be a good fit uh, if we lost Tim Hardaway Jr. and can replace it with a younger Oladipo who could, you know, do some things for you. But he's just another unknown because of injury. Uh, I always liked his game. And in, in that playoff run that he had that, you know, uh, blew everyone's mind that year, he just, you know, after he got hurt that year, he's just never really been the same player. So it's hard to, to once again, want to spend, you know, heavy money on a guy that you're just not sure that he's going to, you know, last the entire season. Um, you know, and then there's, there is just like a list of so many other names that we could go through. But those were just the top guys that I just kind of wanted to list off uh, and, and just say that the Mavericks should steer clear of. You know, those, those guys, while some of them could help you, you know, right right now and, and win maybe next season, they're probably going to want contracts that are going to take them, you know, a lot further out than that. And I just don't know how realistic that is as far as a timetable that we're trying to, you know, create for ourselves right now as far as the championship window. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about, you know, the players that the Mavericks could go after in free agency and some of them could be a really nice fit here. So the first one I want to talk about is Otto Porter Jr. Now, I'm not going to harp on him a whole lot because I did talk about him in my previous pod yesterday. Uh, so I don't want to spend too much time on him, but what I do want to throw out there is he is only 27 years old. You know, he's 6'8", and in his best season, he did average, you know, 70, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 steal. Now, this was a season he actually got traded from Washington uh, over to Chicago, and, and before he got traded, he was actually shooting 37% from 3-point range. Not bad, right? You know, that, that that's pretty good. You know, that, that's not a bad three-point percentage, especially for a, a 6'8 guy that can guard, uh, you know, multiple positions for you. And then when he was traded in 15 games that he played for Chicago that year, and obviously that was the year they got on the contract and, and you know, why he, you know, had a couple good years there. Um, he was actually shooting 48%. Uh, from three-point range. Now, that was a real small sample size. Uh, like I said, that was only in 15 games. But, <laughs> you know, if that's any indication of what he can do, you know, when he's feeling in, in, in a groove and in the right spot, then, you know, imagine what he could do out there next to Luca, finding him wide open all over the place, shooting, you know, 48% from three. Now, over his career, uh, he, he is averaging 40%. So that's still really, really good. A 40% three-point uh, three shooter at that position who can guard, you know, that would be, you know, pretty dynamite out there for us. So I just wanted to throw him out there. So he's, he's definitely one. Um, and, and I, I just really like the fit that he could have here. Um, another guy I want to talk about is, uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is another player that he is a little bit older. Now he's not in his mid thirties like you know some of these other players that I was talking about earlier that, that we should steer clear from. Now he is thirty years old. Uh, you know he is one of the best defenders in the league at that position. Now, if he is someone that we could realistically get, now that that kind of creates a um, a small ball lineup that that Carlisle I think could have a lot of fun with. <laughs> you know Carlisle likes to run a lot of small ball. You know, and Richardson can can guard a lot of threes in this league. So if you were to push Richardson to a three, and Holiday is no slouch either when it comes to guarding, you know, twos and threes in this league. So, 
you know, if you were to put Richardson over to the three and Holiday at the two and Luca running the point, that's that's a a pretty good little small ball lineup there that, that could do some damage on some teams. And and it's like Drew Holiday uh, is a thirty five percent three point shooter for his career. So having that out there next to Richardson, who is you know a good player, you know that that could really you know do a lot for us. Now, as I say this, and I'm talking about, you know, what we could do with these players and, and who we could go after and, and all these kind of things, this is, uh, you know, kind of dependent on, on what our free agent money is going to be. Um, we're going to have somewhere in the range of around $50 million when you have Hardaway Jr., James Johnson, and Boban uh, come off of the books, and Josh Richardson as well. Now, Josh Richardson has a player option. But I'm assuming he's probably going to opt out of that when he has this insanely good year that he's going to have this year. And he's probably going to cost you somewhere in the range of about $16 million next season to keep him. So when I talk about pairing anyone next to Josh Richardson and some of these other guys that I'm bringing up in uh, possible free agents, I'm, I'm kind of banking on the fact that Richardson's going to have a standout season for us this year. And he's going to get paid somewhere in the range of about $16 mil, uh in the offseason for us. So, getting back to Drew Holiday, you know, he, he's 30 years old. He, he has a player option in Milwaukee, and he could opt out. You know, he could leave Milwaukee if things don't go well this year for them. If they go and, and kind of fall off in the Eastern Conference and maybe lose in the first round or really don't do much past the first round, if, if they, they even advance past there, you know, Drew could opt out. And if he does do that, you know, he could be looking to try to win a championship. And, you know, Luca right now is, is looking like the guy who's going to be that player who other really good players want to come join if they're trying to win a championship. Now, everyone can't join the Lakers. <laughs> as much as the Lakers would like that, everyone can't just go join them. Now, another team that's going to have money, though, is Miami. So I could see him going there, too. So, you know, Drew Holiday is just another option that was thrown out there. He did average 19 points last season five rebounds and seven assists. So, you know, he had a heck of a year last year. Um, so as far as another good guy that I think that could really help us, and he got traded to Golden State. Now, he was someone I wanted us to go after uh, before he got traded from Phoenix and, and get involved in that three-team action and try to steal Umbre away when he was getting moved around, uh, you know, during free agency. And, you know, Kelly Umbre Jr., Last season averaged 18.6 rebounds, uh, one assist, one steal, and almost a block per game, while also shooting 35% from the three-point line. You know, he's 6'7", and he's 25 years old. You know, he does fit the current timeline right now. He fits as someone who could come in right away, be plugged into the team at that three spot, and give you a pretty stout defensive lineup there. You know, when you're looking at what he can give you on the offensive end as well as he can give you on the defensive end. You could be going Luca Richardson, Umbre, and Dorian out there with Porzingis. Now, that's just a lot of really good shooting and a lot of really good defensive players all on the court at the same time that could do some damage when it comes to some of these teams trying to, uh, you know, defend us as well as, you know, match up against them on the other side. Um... There is one other player who I think maybe you could throw a max contract at him 
and just see what happens. But he is restricted, and we know we have horrible luck with that. And that's Laurie Markinen. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Laurie Markinen from Chicago. Like, he is a player, you know, coming out. <laughs> Everyone was comparing him to Dirk, and, and there have been some flashes where he's obviously not looked like Dirk, but he's had ability to just do all kind of things with the ball off the dribble, on the pull-up, and shoot threes pretty dynamically. You know, Marketing is still young. He's only 23 years old, and he's a 7-foot guy who shoots 35% from the three. Um, Chicago, like I said, I'm not sure what they're looking for and what they're trying to do as far as what they see as their future. You know, like I said, there have been talks about them trying to, to move on from Levine, and I even went over a package we could have put together for him. But in free agency, if they choose not to match you know, a contract that someone throws at Laurie Markkinen, uh, that could be, you know, pretty dangerous for them. Um, say if we were to throw, you know, a max, you know, contract at him, whatever that is for, for however many years he's been in the league, whatever that max is for him. If we were to throw that at him, would Chicago be willing to match it? I'm not sure <laughs> you know you could run into another Bogdan situation uh, that Sacramento just had to go through and you know obviously Bogdanovich is a good player for them and but he wasn't really part of what they seen as their future now if that's the case with marketing you know and we throw you know a max offer sheet at him and he signs it with us you know we could steal him away from Chicago and you know now you have a Dirk starter kit uh in marketing next to Someone people have said is already kind of the next Dirk, which was Porzingis, next to Luca. That just makes it extremely interesting, you know. But once again, this is something that's that's a little bit harder to do because he is a restricted free agent. And when it comes to the Mavericks and throwing, <laughs> you know, money at restricted free agents, we've seen over the years that never really works out for us. We're we're just never able to get our hands on on those restricted free agents. They always seem to get matched. And, and they just never leave the team that they're currently on. So those are just some guys that, that the Mavericks could be looking at in free agency and guys that I think personally that could come in and help our team right now and actually compete next year for a championship and, and help that offensive line and, and uh, starting five pretty dramatically. So coming up in this next segment, I'm actually going to talk about the one player in free agency. I don't know if you noticed or not that I did not mention they could be the key for the Mavericks next season to winning a championship and maybe multiple in the seasons to come. So, who is this mysterious free agent that I have not mentioned yet when I, as I ran through all these names that the Mavericks could go after to be that key, that, that third piece to be that championship contending team that we want to be? And who I really think it is, and... Trust me, I'm going to explain to you why. Hear me out. When I say the name, you're not going to say, yeah, that's the guy. I know you're not. No one's going to believe it, but trust me, I'm going to give you plenty of reasons why Rudy Gobert is the guy to help us get over the hurdle and be the championship team that we want to be. So, I know, Mavs fans, it's not the big sexy name that we wanted to get. It's not the Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, big splashy move that we were all going for. But when you think about it, it all makes sense that Rudy Gobert is the guy to help take us to that 
next level. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, negativity towards uh, Rudy Gobert to Dallas. When I look at Twitter, when I look at um, all social media, when it comes to the Mavericks, everyone wants us to stay away from Rudy Gobert. Uh, but the Mavericks didn't win a title until we got Tyson Chandler on this team. We had a dynamic offense. We had an all-star in Dirk who was completely unstoppable. We had pieces around him like Kidd who was, who was a dynamite point guard, but it didn't come together until we had the anchor in the middle. That guy who could really just change the game with his defense when uh, Dirk got beat or someone you know slid past somebody and made it into the lane. Chandler didn't always block the shot, but he influenced everything around the paint, and it just made us a dynamic defense that year when we won it in 2011. You know, you go back to Tyson Chandler's numbers back in 2011, he only averaged 10 points and 11 and a half rebounds in one block. You know, so obviously those stats don't jump off the sheet, but he did so much more for our team than just those numbers and those stats show. He was just that guy that, that kind of influenced everything in the middle. And without him, I don't think we, we were a championship team, and we weren't. Because obviously, until we made that trade, we didn't evolve into the team that we eventually became. And when you think about Gobert, just as to run through some of the things that he's done already in his career, he's 28 years old. He averages 12 points, 11 rebounds, in two blocks in 30 minutes per game. Also, for his career, he shot a ridiculous 64% from the field. So he is as effective as it gets around the paint. He's an all-star. He's been an all-star before. Three-time All-NBA team, four-time All-Defensive team, and a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. And he's averaged basically 15 points a game for the last four seasons. When you think of uh, Rick Carlisle and what he's able to do with raw pieces and, and guys who come here and they're not really refined and he kind of just helps them perfect their game and even the veteran guys who come here and everyone knows what they are and they know they're good. But as soon as they get next to Carlisle and he just you know puts them under a magnifying glass of only the things they're good at, everyone sees that. The entire league sees it. And a lot of these guys go on to get really good contracts because of that. Because Carlisle always puts any free agent acquisition, uh, any guy that we trade for, in perfect positions to succeed on this team. There is no better coach in the league when it comes to plugging a guy in and just having him be instantly successful. You know, Trey Burke is a guy that, you know, had so many down seasons and was thought to be you know, something that was going to be special coming out of college. And it didn't happen for him the way anyone would have anticipated. But as soon as he got to Dallas, as soon as he's gotten in this role and into the full flow of Carlisle's system, he's become just a dynamic, a dynamic scorer and someone who really, really can contribute on this team. And he's done it time and time again, Carlisle has, to, to lesser players. Can you imagine what he could do to help evolve Gobert's game? To teach him some of these other things that he's probably not worked on to help just perfect his craft. If he can get any better, Carlisle is that one coach that can pull it out of him. And it's insane to think that you could get a Gobert 
at 28 years old, who's been, like I said, all those things, defensive player of the year and, and all defensive team and so many things, and get him on a team with Carlisle and Carlisle can actually still improve his game and still evolve it just a little bit further. When you look at the championship teams of the past few years, it's been with a couple big guys in the paint because that's what it takes these days defensively. You have to have two mobile bigs who can defend in order to, you know, put you over that hump. Defense obviously wins championships, and that's what this season has been all about for the Mavericks. All about getting defensive players, getting tougher, making sure we're not as, you know, quote-unquote soft as we were last season. So if you were to put Rudy Gobert in the center of this team, I just makes it, I just think it makes us so much more dangerous. And as I said, when you look at the past few champions, you look at the Lakers last year, they had Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Two huge guys. Two mobile guys, though. They could defend and block shots like crazy if you got anywhere near that paint. Go back to the champions before that. You're looking at, uh, you know, Serge Ibarca and Marc Gasol. Again, two big guys, mobile, that could move their feet and defend that's something that can't be understated how how effective it is when you have two guys that are you know of that size you know basically seven footer guys two of them that are able to move their feet and defend solid and can still do something offensively now gobert obviously is not a shooter so he can't shoot like gasol did but dwight howard obviously wasn't a shooter and when he wasn't in the game it was someone like javel mcgee so as far as championship possibilities go when you look at, you know, Howard and Anthony Davis, they had LeBron as the star with them and then just an average shooter in Danny Green. Margasol and Serge Ibaka, two, the two uh, big guys they had in the middle, they had their star with Kawhi. And then again, the shooter, Danny Green, the bane of my existence. Now, if the Mavericks were able to bring in Gobert, you're putting him next to Porzingis with Luka as the all-star. And Josh Richardson as that shooter. I think that's kind of a floor uh, plan and a blueprint for a team that could possibly win everything. Luka is taking that next step. He's going to evolve. you got to keep Richardson here and, and in the flow of this team next season. And if you're able to add Gobert in there as that other solid anchor in the back and now everything can be switched off. Everyone can move around on the defensive side. You know, he makes up for a lot of stuff, even the mistakes that Luka will make. <laughs> you know, because Luka is not a horrible defender, and, and and obviously he's improving. But Gobert can help fix a lot of those mistakes. And let's face it, Tyson Chandler did that for us constantly, um, you know, in the 2011 season. So I just think that he has been overlooked and, and we're kind of getting, you know, mesmerized with just offensive firepower guys when if you look at the past few champions, that offensive power, firepower has not been there. You know, it's been, you know, those two solid guys in the middle that can help defend and clog up the paint. So call me crazy. <laughs> bash me, bash me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on there on Mavs Content Crazy. Send me a message, send me a DM. You know, I'll gladly respond and, and, and take the criticism on there. But 
I, I know I know it's not flashy. I know it's not you know sexy, but I think Gobert really is a guy that could could change this team and really make us an instant contender. So that was all we had for the show today. Make sure you tune in to in tomorrow's episode where we'll have a recap of the Mavericks' last preseason game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you like what you heard today, please hit that subscribe button, like, and share with your friends. And I'll see you next time, Mavs fans. Thanks again.